please join in singing our entrance hymn number 210. Come Holy Ghost, Creator, come. Number 210. <coughs> In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, the Lord be with you. Welcome today to our Sunday celebration of Mass. Today is the final feast of the church's Easter season, the Feast of Pentecost. As we begin our Mass, we invite the young children now to go to the hall where they will celebrate the Word of God on their own. On the Feast of Pentecost, there are many things that come to mind, but one of the central things is of the importance of the Holy Spirit in the life of the church and the the life of the world. The Holy Spirit is sent by Jesus at the ascension uh, as well as he returns to his Father, and of course uh, it gives the church itself its power, uh, its strength, uh, its conviction to fulfil the words of Jesus. To begin the Mass and to offer the Mass more worthily, we first call to mind our sins. I confess to Almighty God 
and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and in what I have failed to do, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore, I ask, Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, pray for me to the Lord our God. And may Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Let us pray. O God, who by the mystery of today's great feast sanctify your whole church and every people and nation, pour out, we pray, the gift of the Holy Spirit across the face of the earth. 
and with the divine grace that was at work when the gospel was first proclaimed, fill now once more the hearts of believers. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. A reading from the Acts of the Apostles. When Pentecost Day came round, the Apostles had all met in one room, when suddenly they heard what sounded like a powerful wind from heaven, the noise of which filled the entire house in which they were sitting. And something appeared to them that seemed like tongues of fire. These separated and came to rest on the head of each of them. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak foreign languages as the Spirit gave them the gift of speech. Now, there were devout men living in Jerusalem from every nation under heaven, and at this sound they all assembled, each one bewildered to hear these men speaking his own language. They were amazed and astonished. Surely, they said, all these men speaking are Galileans. How does it happen that each of us hears them in his own native language? Parthians, Medes, and Elamites, people from Mesopotamia, Judea, and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya round Cyrene, as well as visitors from Rome, Jews and proselytes alike, Cretans and Arabs. We hear them preaching in our own language about the marvels of God. The word of the Lord. Send forth your spirit, O Lord, and renew the face of the earth. Send forth your spirit, O Lord, and renew the face of the earth. Bless the Lord, my soul. Lord God, how great you are. How many are your works, O Lord. The earth is full of your riches. Send forth your spirit, O Lord, and renew the face of the earth. You take back your spirit. They die, returning to the dust from which they came. You send forth your spirit. They are created, and you renew the face of the earth. Send forth your spirit, O Lord, and renew the face of the earth. May the glory of the Lord last forever. May the Lord rejoice in his works. May my thoughts be pleasing to him. I find my joy in the Lord. Send forth your spirit, O Lord, and renew the face of the earth. A reading from the first letter of St. Paul to the Corinthians. No one can say, Jesus is Lord, unless he is under the influence of the Holy Spirit. There is a variety of gifts, but always the same Spirit. There are all sorts of service to be done, 
but always to the same Lord, working in all sorts of different ways in different people. It is the same God who is working in all of them. The particular way in which the Spirit is given to each person is for a good purpose. Just as a human body, though it is made up of many parts, is a single unit because all these parts, though many, make one body, so it is with Christ. In the one Spirit, we were all baptized, Jews as well as Greeks, slaves as well as citizens, and one Spirit was given to us all to drink. The Word of the Lord. be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. In the evening of the first day of the week, the doors were closed in the room where the disciples were for fear of the Jews. Jesus came and stood among them. He said to them, peace be with you, and showed them his hands and his side. The disciples were filled with joy when they saw the Lord, and he said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father sent me, so am I sending you. And after saying this, he breathed in them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. For those whose sins you forgive, they are forgiven. For those whose sins you retain, they are retained. The Gospel of the Lord. The Jewish feast of Pentecost is celebrated to this day amongst the Jewish people. It's a feast that comes 50 days after the feast of the Passover. And it's a feast that celebrates the harvest and all of the blessings that the harvest itself brings. But it's also the day in which the Jewish people celebrate the giving of the Ten Commandments to Moses. On this day, the day of Pentecost at Jerusalem. Many people come to celebrate that particular feast. And you might have heard in the reading of today's Mass about all those different people who come from Parthia, the Medes, the Elamites, the Transjordanians, the Mesopotamians, and all those other people. They're all coming in order to celebrate this feast. They're in Jerusalem for the Feast of the Giving of the Ten Commandments to Moses. But it's on this same feast, the Jewish feast of Pentecost, and the giving of these Ten Commandments to Moses, that something else happens. Not the law, nor the commandments are given to the people, but rather the Spirit of God is given to the people on this day. The very life of God, the spark of the divine life, the life force of God himself, God visits and comes to his people in a special way. This is not given by Moses, but is given by Jesus himself 
who ascends into heaven and sends the Holy Spirit. It is, of course, on this day, Feast of Pentecost, the day in which the church is born. The Holy Spirit comes on the apostles, and, of course, they now have the courage to go out into the world. But the Spirit itself comes into their life in order that they can bear witness to what they now know. And, of course, it's not only on the church that the Spirit is given, but it's into the world itself in order to recreate it in a new way. On the day of Pentecost, then, what we celebrate is the birth of the church. Now, at Pentecost, begins its work. Now begins the journey of the church. Now the people themselves are gathered together. Now they can speak in Jesus' name. Now they can teach in his name. Now they can heal in his name. And now the church itself can gather others uh, around about it. Now people can know the love of God through the church, which is meant to be a special instrument of God's grace. The promise that is given to the church then at his birth is that it will not fail, it will not fall, it will not be destroyed, it will not be abandoned. It is involved in the work of bringing the gospel to the ends of time. Today, perhaps, looking at the church, it's maybe difficult to have that same degree of confidence that it will not fail, that it will not fall, that it will not be destroyed, nor will it be abandoned. It is meant to be, of course, a sign to people, but very often it has failed in that. It's meant to inspire people, but clearly from today we know that it does not do that, and lots of people are far from encouraged by it. It's clear that in our day, then, that people are angry with the church and maybe disillusioned with it as well. It's clear also, isn't it, to all of us that many, young and old, are leaving the church or having a kind of minimal participation in the life of the church. We are in a time in which there is a very loose connection between some people and the life of the church. It's difficult to analyse what all of the causes of this might be. Certainly the world itself is different. You would say maybe more material, more secular, less in need of formal religion perhaps, less tolerant perhaps of formal religion and its many defects. People don't seem to be tied to teachings or religious practices anymore. People don't seem to need the church maybe in the way that they might have previously it's teaching, it's prayer, it's sacraments. You're happy, if you like, to go alone. You wonder then, has the promise that God himself makes been taken back? Will we fail? Will we fall? Will we be abandoned? Will we be destroyed? It's hard to know what God is saying in the times in which we live. But I suppose maybe in other times, maybe other people ask the same thing. Because in previous times, the church itself was closed in, in, in many countries and many of its members were sent to prison. There have been times in the past when even to speak or to think of the name of God meant imprisonment and even death. 
those people might have wondered the same. What is God's intention here? What's God saying? Has God abandoned the church? There is no instant solution to the problems that the church faces in the time in which we live. Retreating to the past won't work, to some perceived golden age which never existed. And being overly optimistic about things that will just turn out well in the end won't work either. But it seems to me that one of the components for a renewal in the church has to be a kind of renewed commitment from those who believe themselves to have a faith to be even more committed to that road that they've taken. That kind of desire itself to live out the baptismal faith that we've been given, the love of God in our life, and that commitment to service of neighbour. We are called maybe in these times to create a church for the times in which we live, but also for the future itself, that speaks to the yearnings and the needs of people in their own lives and things that matter. That will be the sign that people really see. And maybe that kind of renewal itself has to be top-to-bottom thing, including everyone in the church to realise what they're about. Maybe what has been created in the times in which we live is something different. Hopefully, a more inclusive church, a more open church, a more humble church, a church that serves people rather than dominates people. But as you yourself know, not everyone wants that kind of church. What road will we take? That's where the uncertainty comes in. The Holy Spirit is continually renewing the church. But what is the Spirit saying to the church in these times? Who knows? Who could be sure? Maybe there's something of dying that's going on. And maybe when you die, there is something that is reborn in its place. The Feast of the Holy Spirit that we celebrate at Pentecost really tells us that we have to have some degree of confidence in God himself. We are not in the driving seat. The Spirit is. He knows where to drive the car. He knows how to drive it. He knows where we're journeying towards. He has the map. He's all the things that are necessary on the journey. In the Feast of the Pentecost, in those first times in the New Testament, some kind of very strange things happen. The walls are shaken. The roof is blown off the house. People who didn't have any courage in the first place find their courage. People speak and others understand. What we take from that is that God himself acts and does something in a new way. He can always do something that is new. He can always bring out something from something that is old. He can create something from what is dying. He can change everything if he chooses. The simple fact is that we have to have trust in him. He knows where we're going and he knows how to get there. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all things visible and invisible. 
I believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, born of the Father before all ages, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten not made, consubstantial with the Father, through him all things were made. For as men and for our salvation, he came down from heaven, and by the Holy Spirit was incarnate to the Virgin Mary, and became man. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate, he suffered death and was buried, and rose again on the third day in accordance with the Scriptures. He ascended into heaven, and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son, spoken through the prophets. I believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. I confess one baptism for the forgiveness of sins, and I look forward to the resurrection of the dead, and the life of the world to come. Amen. Let us pray. At the ascension, Jesus promises to send the Spirit to teach and lead the apostles. We pray once again for a new outpouring of the Spirit into the church and into the world. For a Spirit-filled church that gives joy and meaning in living out our Christian lives. Lord, hear us. Lord, graciously hear us. For the changing times that we live, that we might have confidence in where the church is being led. Lord, hear us. Lord, graciously hear us. For a greater desire to make Jesus the centre of our life, that we might love and honour him more in daily life. Lord, hear us. Lord, graciously hear us. For those who have given their life to God in a religious vocation, that they might not lose heart when their work seems to fail or produces no fruit. Lord, hear us. Lord, graciously hear us. For young people growing up in faith, that they may see themselves as part of the church, giving it youth and vigor. Lord, hear us. Lord, graciously hear us. For people in prison who have committed serious crimes, that they might not lose hope of forgiveness and a return to the world as a better and changed person. Lord, hear us. For all who have died and all that we are asked to remember. Lord, hear us. Send forth your spirit, O Lord, and renew the face of the earth. Send forth your spirit to give us a strong faith and to make us gentle in our actions. Send once again your spirit to guide us and lead us and give us life and grace. We ask this through Christ our Lord.
Hymn number 630, Spirit of the Living God, number Dear brothers and sisters, that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God, the Almighty Father. Grant, we pray, O Lord, that as promised by your Son, the Holy Spirit may reveal to us more abundantly the hidden mysteries of this sacrifice and graciously lead us into all truth. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Amen. Lift up your hearts. Amen. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. Amen. It's truly right and just, our duty and our salvation, always and everywhere to give you thanks, Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and Eternal God. For bringing your Paschal mystery to completion, you bestowed the Holy Spirit today on those you made your adopted children by uniting them to your only begotten Son. This same Spirit, as the Church came to birth, opened to all peoples the knowledge of God and brought together the many languages of the earth in a profession of one faith. Therefore, overcome with paschal joy, every land, every people exults in your praise, and even the heavenly powers with the angelic hosts sing together their unending hymn of glory as they acclaim.
are indeed holy, O Lord, the fount of all holiness. Make holy, therefore, these gifts, we pray, by sending down your Spirit upon them like the dewfall, so that they may become for us the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. At the time he was betrayed and entered willingly into his passion, he took bread and, giving thanks, broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and eat of it, for this is my body, which will be given up for you. In a similar way, when supper was ended, he took the chalice, and once more giving thanks, he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and drink from it, for this is the chalice of my blood, the blood of the new and eternal covenant, which will be poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me. The mystery of faith. Therefore, as we celebrate the memorial of his death and resurrection, we offer you, Lord, the bread of life and the chalice of salvation giving thanks that you've held us worthy to be in your presence and minister to you. Humbly we pray that, sharing in the body and blood of Christ, we may be gathered into one by the Holy Spirit. Remember, Lord, your church spread throughout the world, bring her to the fullness of charity, together with Francis, our Pope, Joseph, our Bishop, and all the clergy. Remember also our brothers and sisters who have fallen asleep in the hope of the resurrection, and all who have died in your mercy. Welcome them into the light of your face. Have mercy on us all, we pray, that with the Blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God, Joseph, her spouse, the blessed apostles, and all the saints who have pleased you throughout the ages, we may merit to be coerced to eternal life and may praise and glorify you through your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him and with him and in him, O God, Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honour is yours forever and ever. We pray with confidence to God our Father in the prayer that Jesus has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil, and graciously grant peace in our days that by the help of your mercy we may always be free from sin and safe from all distress as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Lord Jesus Christ, who said to your apostles, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Look not in our sins, but in the faith of your church, and graciously grant her peace and unity in accordance with your will, who live and reign for ever and ever. Peace of the Lord be with you always. Let's offer one another a sign of peace.
Behold the Lamb of God, behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those called to the supper of the Lamb. Lord, I am not worthy but only say the word in my
please join in singing hymn number 133, A New Commandment, number Let us pray. O God, who bestow heavenly gifts upon your church, safeguard, we pray, the grace you have given that the gift of the Holy Spirit poured out upon her may retain all its force and that this spiritual food may gain her abundance of eternal redemption. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Please be seated just for a moment. Uh, just before you leave uh, today, just to ask you to take the bulletin away with you at the end of Mass, uh, but also just to alert you to a kind of new configuration of Masses uh, in the area itself uh, during the summer months. Uh, so uh, in July and August, uh, uh, Masses in the different parishes will be uh, uh, kind of reduced, if you like, uh, not, not majorly so, but just uh, uh, just to alert you to that. So there'll be no evening mass here on Sunday evenings so in, during June, July, and August, uh, um, and also in uh, different parishes like St Mark's and uh, St uh, Anthony's and uh, St Cadets. Uh, there'll be no vigil mass, uh, Saturday vigil mass. So uh, you can kind of see then that. We're just kind of gradually kind of reducing them during the summer months in order to maybe help in other parishes. But obviously also during the months of uh, July and August, there's just not as many uh, people here. So uh, I put into the parish bulletin today uh, kind of a full uh, schedule of the masses themselves. So I just ask you to be aware of that. So in terms of ourselves, it's only the Sunday evening mass. 
that will be missing uh, during July and August. The, the other masses uh, remain the same. Uh, so just to alert you to that, uh, if you were inclined to go to the Sunday evening mass, just to relocate, obviously, to one of these other masses during the day or, or, or the Saturday vigil. Uh, please stand. The Lord be with you. And may Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Go forth. The Mass is ended. Hymn number 297. Go tell everyone. Number 297.